What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kenny Vision Podcast. Back again in the new studio. Go check out the Cole and Cole show if you've never seen it. Me and Trey Cole do that. And then Sheep Talk, if y'all haven't, if I haven't posted about it at this time, it's basically an interview show I do where I just interview a bunch of people, pastors, friends, a um, bunch of people. So that's a lot of fun. But today, or let me say this, last week we talked a little bit. Brian hit me with a little Q&A. You know, some some cool questions. That was fun. And then at the end, we start talking about um, like kind of some charismatic theology and some stuff about me. You know, what I think is wrong with the church or not wrong. What I what what I think I should fix or should be different. Um, So we kind of started talking about theology and a little church. So today we got a little treat for y'all. We're going to start talking about what are the key differences between like charismatic and, you know, conservative. Right. Because in charismatic, there's a lot of different. You know, I mean, some non-denominational churches are charismatic. Yeah. Which, first, let me define charismatic. Then I'll kick it off to you. You can take it where you want. But charismatic has often been viewed as like a theology. Yeah. Which charismatic in it, what it should be is like a like a persona, right? So you look at certain pastors who may be Baptist pastors. Their their yeah. char- their charismatic is in their personality, their engagement, their. Uh, I was about to say aroma. That's not right. That aroma is smell. But their stage presence, things like that. So that's like charisma, the way like, you know, it should be viewed. But then a lot of times we've tied, which it is a little bit theology, but we've tied theology in these, you know, these, you know, that one guy that we don't really like that much who's charismatic in, you know, the Baptist circle, so to say, Yeah. to all charismatic churches. So now all charismatic churches you know, are viewed a certain way. And likewise, Baptists, you know, the Baptist church I go to right now, Central Baptist Church, is not a typical Baptist church. There's a stigma of, you know, Baptist church being, you know, very conservative, like let's stick to the word, let's not really do sign gifts and spiritual gifts, stuff like that. Yes. And then that stigma is, you know, encaptures all Baptist churches. So there's definitely stigmas that plague both ends of the spectrum, which yeah. non-denominational would be in the begin- in the middle, I guess. But what for you, Brayden, is like the first like first thing that pops up difference between Baptist and Charismatic? What like what is just glaring at you that you would say first? I would say, from my perspective, a lot of it is just the um, pursuit of the gifts is a big thing. Yeah. Um, you want God to move, right? You want God to bring revival. I mean, everyone agrees with that. You want God to change lives and do it in a big way but i think that um you know you can see in care you know in charismatic movements where it actually gets to be kind of an unhealthy thing where you're just seeking signs you're and seeking more than you're just not seeking god you're seeking what he does and you're seeking god's hand and you're not seeking his face you're seeking and we talked last week experiential but there's a time like what is this what is the quote all things are good until they become ultimate. Yes. So and when good things become ultimate things, when created things become idols, basically, when that experience, when for the Baptist circle, when when my learning a great sermon or a great Bible study then becomes more important than my prayer life, then, then that's an idol. You, you're worshiping a theology, not God. Yes. You know? And, and I think a big thing that needs to be like kind of set in places that like charismatics need to understand that they don't have it all right and 
by trying to be not religious, you then become religious, hmm. right? If you believe in praying in tongues and then you're enforcing it on people that don't believe in it, you're being religious, right? Um, just because you think you're you're walking um, in relationship and you're not being religious doesn't mean you can't start stepping into that and stepping into a pride about whatever denomination you're in. And um, I think it's a common thing that you th- that charismatics kind of think that um, crazy things don't happen um, with God in other places. Yeah. And that's just not true. So like right. in a Baptist church, there's no such thing as revivals in Baptist churches, or there's no such thing as healings in Baptist churches. Like that, that's kind of along the lines of what you're talking right. about. But let's, let's really nail down here. So we're talking, I want, I want to pin you down. First, we're going to yeah. talk about spiritual gifts. Yes. I feel like that's a good one to start on. And we'll talk about worship. I think worship's a good one to hit on. Yes. And then I'm sure one more will come to my mind before the end of this episode. So that's the first two. So spiritual gifts. So... Me personally, and we've talked about this before, I at this moment am currently learning spiritual gifts like I mentioned last week, sp- speaking in tongues. I, I've held this opinion for a while, and you even know this, that I'm with the opinion of learning more. Like I currently am hesitant to believe in speaking in tongues. Um, what I what I believe it is is more of a foreign language right but the other day i was talking to trey cole on the the colin cole show and he mentioned something along the lines of um it being an angelic language right so you can go watch that and see his opinion on that but so like for you Braden, speaking in tongues yeah what i don't want to say make an argument for it but to you what it why is this something that charismatics or maybe personally that you partake in or what it what is what is speaking in tongues specifically and you can go broaden out to spiritual gifts in general but speak talk about speaking in tongues so i actually um i know a little bit of history on um kind of why the you know why why is there such a drawback for baptists on you know speaking in tongues and why is there such a, a movement for charismatics well um a big thing that happened was in the Azusa Street revivals in 1904, or I'm sorry, I don't know the date exactly, but um, they were having a lot of people that were speaking in tongues and, um, you know, God was moving like crazy. And that just became this thing where if God touches you, then that's what you do, mm-hmm. right? And we know that that's incorrect theology. We know that you don't have to be saved and you don't, that doesn't mean you don't have the Holy spirit in you. If you it's don't, it's not a sign of more mature Christian. If no you're speaking in tongues, any part of your salvation. No, that is not a sign which, of, which more, has plagued the charismatic movement. Yeah. Which really it. has, it's killed it. And that, and that's a big, and, and then like on the backside of that, not all charismatics think that, but it's like, okay. So apostolic right. Pentecostals, a guy DM does, and he believes that. So there right. are some denominations. There but, are. Yeah. Right. Um, and so for me, um, it's, it's a prayer where I'm really just going to God in kind of whatever, um, I feel like he's kind of put in my heart and yeah, it, on the outside you, it doesn't seem like it's really anything, but for me, it's like, it's something where I, you will you never get the words for God, right? It's not, it's not even like possible to really capture God in mm-hmm. words, but to just like 
um, kind of get to speak um, freely in tongues um, to him and just put him on your mind and do the do this, um, I would say it just kind of allows a um, a freedom of thought. And I feel like, um, you know, theologically looking at the Bible, I just see that matches up. Um, of course, like I said in the last um, our last podcast that it's act, like that's I grew up in that, though. I grew up in that. My mom prays in tongues. My grandma prayed in tongues, not um, granny, but our, um, my mom, she, she prayed in tongues. So I grew up in the normalcy of that. So of course I'm going to be shaped by that and how I view the Bible already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna read this passage and talk to me yesterday. We were talking two yeah. days ago. We we're talking and I want you to talk about the, the role of tongues. Right. So I'm gonna read the scripture right here. This is first Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 13 talks about angelic. Like there is. So when I'm studying it, you know, First Corinthians 13 says, if I speak in angelic just, tongues, then yeah. I'm no great. Yeah. If I speak in tongues of man and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy yeah. gong or clanging cymbal. So I'll give you both perspectives. The conservative perspective is he's talking in hyperbole right here. Like if I speak in tongues of men or in tongues of angels, like yes. this is like a ex- exaggeration, right? Mm. That's what the conservative way, but it also says tongues of angels. So what to do with it? I don't know. That's personal conviction. That's both perspectives, but in acts two, um, this is what Trey Cole mentioned, you know, like a mumbling of like they heard it in their native native language, but it was also um a mumble that they heard in a native native language, but what they were actually speaking was a mumble. Um and then Acts somewhere Acts eight, nine or ten, um, Peter refers to a speaking in tongues like a Pentecost. So there's multiple passages. I would encourage y'all to go study, but I'm gonna read first Corinthians fourteen here mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about like the role of tongues, right? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, Pursue love and earnestly earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. Right there. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, honestly, now that I read that, that that refers kind of like to an angelic tongue, whatever you want to... Yeah. A mumbling, mystery, angelic tongue, all that time together. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the building to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Now brothers, verse six, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring to you some revelation of knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments such as the flute or harp do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is played? Yes. And if the bull bugle gives an indistinct sound, who would get ready for the battle? Bugle, I guess, was a battle sound. Yeah. Um. Basically, you know, I'm going to skim read. There are doubtless many different, verse 10, there are doubtless many different languages in the world and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in the building up the church. Yeah. And it goes on talking about basically the speaking of tongues is for the edification of the saints, the building up of the church. So talk to me about that and talk to me about your role and your maybe some some pitfalls or downfalls of like stuff you've seen. Okay. In, or what it's in what it's supposed to be in your experience in that. So we see in the Bible that uh, there's actually times where 
Um, I don't remember. I don't remember what part in Acts where they actually understand each other in their native languages, mm-hmm. right? And um, and that, yeah, that's Acts two. That's Acts two. Okay, Acts they two. All, they all okay. understand what they're they're mumbling, right? But there's thirteen to sixteen. I don't know the exact number. Different tribes represented, and they understand every what these people are mumbling in their native language. Okay, so it's a miracle. To me, there's a there is a tongue like a a the like the Holy Spirit can give the gift of being able to speak to people in their native language and in their um, and have understanding of what people are saying actually and then there's the gift of tongues where this is f- like an it's not for the understanding of other people but it's for god it's per- yeah personal without without interpretation so it's a, a, a tongue for the edification of a body or a tongue for yourself so edification of the saints right so if you look at yourself as a saint so um the it, it also talks about tongues being it uh, edifies your spirit, man. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, with you being a saint, you praying in tongues is edification of the spirit, man, inside of you. So you're one of the saints, right? It's mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, your way of like kind of building up your spirit, man. If that makes any sense, like, um, and so that's that's kind of my understanding of it. Um, I I pray in tongues alone a lot. I do. Um, but like I, I told you, um, if I step into your house, I don't come and I don't pray in tongues because he doesn't believe in praying in tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, if he, if Cole comes to my house and I pray in tongues, I'm good. I'm, I'm, this is my house. He comes into my house and, um, there's a respect from that, you know, a, rever- you, a, res- a reversed respect, right? You know, you should, you know, um, if, I, if I go to, you know, LCU to church I'm not going to shut down the whole joint, you know, because everybody's speaking in time. Right. You know, it's you, you, you're walking in there knowing and you're right. respecting that. Exactly. And, and so I would say the biggest place that it's really been, it's been to hurt people um, is whenever the theology is the, the belief that, it, you know, it's um, kind of makes you a greater Christian. And then what happens is people are trying to enforce everyone to pray in tongues and that's not what they believe in mm-hmm. right they don't believe in that and then it, it, it just it kind of just creates this dysfunction with each other and then you're not allowing the holy spirit to actually manufacture the tongue right if you think that you can just kind of like come up with this and do it yourself you know then then is it from god anyway mm-hmm. you know what i mean um so it has to be how you know the lord does it and um, one of the, um, teachers at, at Lifestyle Christianity, her name is Jenny. She said it, it was three for three years. She prayed, um, and she wanted to speak in tongues and she was, she was in, you know, the charismatic church at that time for that whole time. Right. She took it three years to finally, and it took tongue. three years for there to be that breakthrough to actually mm-hmm. speak in tongues. And so what you can see yeah. where like the extreme version like you said where it's a pitfall is when like that speaking in tongues not even if not even if like we know it doesn't add to your sanctification it doesn't prove you to be a more mature christian but even having just an idol mm-hmm. of like Dude, i want i just want to speak in tongues you know that yes. can that is one area where it could just be like that's just a self problem like you're like the idea yeah. of speaking in tongues is in the bible like yeah. what do you do with that right yeah 
um, like the care, like, like since we're talking about, you know, the charismatic side of speaking tongues, the Baptist side of it is, you know, it's in the Bible. Um, you know, I have a mentor of mine who said multiple times, like it, like it could be a foreign language, like a real life language. Like yeah. if you're in, you know, Thailand and you don't speak the native language and you have a supernatural encounter where you're speaking, you know, that could be, and I'm not, that probably, you know, aligns with at my current state, what I would think. Right. But at the same time, it says uh, like first Corinthians 14, you utter mysteries. Like, what do you do with these verses? You can't ignore them. Yes. But the tendency of the Baptist church is not only do we, do we, so he was a mentor of mine. So he, like he acknowledges this, these verses and he works yes. through it. That's right. Great. Which is great. But a lot of people just, Speaking in tongues, no, no, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't do that. We don't do that. You stay over there, we stay over here. We're just going to ignore that. I ripped it out of my Bible. You know, that's not even in my Bible anymore. You know, it's, it's, you have, you cannot overlook scripture. So yeah. the tendency of the Baptist church is to just ignore it completely, which is so wrong. Right. Um, but unless you want to finish your thought, no, I, I kind of cut you go off. Ahead, go ahead. What is like prophecy and, um, let's talk about prophecy. What would prophecy be? Okay, so so we we know all the gifts are for the edification of the saints, right? So prophecy is actually speaking into the future of a life, or it's a future event or future thing that is going to happen, mm. uh, or you want to avoid or whatever. It's future. Okay, we see there's the gift of prophecy, and then there's the gift of words of knowledge. Um, so words of knowledge, um, you know, and I'm speaking everything from my understanding and from obviously, so words of knowledge is, um, well, actually whenever you are stating something that is already in place, Mm -hmm. like when Jesus at the well, he tells the woman, Hey, I know you don't have one husband, but you have five, Mm -hmm. you know, that is the current state. Jesus was not prophesying at that point. He's actually giving a word of knowledge. Yeah. Prophecy is actually to and a lot of times people that walk in are walk in prophecy will actually have that gift as well in the words of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And um you're supposed to um be safe with those type of people um and acknowledge that, um, right? Um I think that I'm a huge believer in that um, you know, these like Baptist people, they walk in these gifts and they, they don't even know it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God's still working through the manifestations of the Holy spirit through these people. Yeah. And they just, they have no, they don't even have an idea. Um, because God's still gonna, God's still gonna work. Um, mm-hmm. and no matter what you, what you think at that time, I still, I still see it. I still see it happen all the time. As far as you know, we're supposed to earnestly seek the gifts, right? And so there's definitely a special place for seeking the gifts and seeking prophecy. Um, but my understanding of prophecy is that this is a future thing that is going to happen or future thing that you want to tell someone to avoid or to look for um, or a future sign, if that makes any, you yeah. know, any sense. We've, we've talked about this before. I So first off, I want to give an example of like a Joyce Myers, right? When I look at Joyce Myers... Um, she's kind of like prosperity ish, like we talked yeah. about. She'll she'll get up there and try this going speaking in tongues. Joyce Myers actually, I think, was a spiritual counselor of Donald Trump. Really, I'm pretty sure. 
Take that with a grain of salt. May not be true. But I'm pretty sure she was a spiritual counselor of Trump. And she was the one who prophesied over him being reelected, right? Um, but she'll break out in the middle of sermons like, hey, you know, follow your heart or follow God, whatever she's saying. And then break out and speaking in tongues, then pick up the sermon back, right? Yeah. So there's no, she's speaking in tongues to a congregation. And then there's no there's no interpretation there to be had so what is right. it doing first off it's tearing people down or people just have no idea what they're doing so imagine if anybody walks in and they hear speaking in tongues right and they're an immature christian that impacts them there or right. and it's just not biblical because there's no interpretation and on the other side of that you know the prophecy i've heard you know i have these people and i've had these experiences and vid- through videos and through like you know, Trump's going to be reelected in 2024. Yes. What talk to me about like the if there if prophecy can be destructive or Absolutely. if yeah, talk to me about that. So like we were talking about this yesterday and I told Cole that my view is that gifts are when used in the wrong way are more harmful than not acknowledging walking in the gifts. Yeah. Okay. Um because prophecy whenever it's your soul talking, um, you know, which is just your mind, will, and emotions. Um, then it can be very destructive. A lot of people lost a lot of, which shouldn't be possible. Let's get this first off. But they lost their lost their faith in God through prophecy about Donald Trump being president. That's hilarious to me. And it didn't come true, you know. And then if you're then if you're saying like, well, there was cheating, there was this, there's that. If it's a true prophetic word, it doesn't. It comes to pass either yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you you know that wasn't what <laughs> that wasn't what you said. If you would have said, if you have said, um, you know Joe Biden's gonna win, but we feel like Trump got cheated. Okay. Yeah. That's, that has more substance. Yeah. But you saying Trump's gonna win, and then you saying that your prophetic word was then wrong because of cheating. It's like, you know what? God wasn't. If it, you know prophetic words supposed to be from God, then you're saying that the Democratic Party all of a sudden is more powerful than God's prophetic word. Exactly. That, then that cheating is more. So yeah, that makes no sense. And, and so, especially in prophetic, that um, you know doing that the wrong way is more um, harmful than not doing it at all, right? Um, if you're um, going up to people. Um, you know, and this can be in the same with words of knowledge. If you're, um, you know, saying these things to people, all these things to people and it's wrong, then you're putting out such a bad image of God and you're just not, you're not hearing from God. Right. And it's, and it's just kind of, it's, it's spiritual manipulation is what it is. Um, if you're out there always speaking from your mind and then saying, Hey, God told me that. Hey, God mm-hmm. told me, God, God told me you're going to get this, this, yeah, and this. God told me to marry that. I'm marrying you that yeah. we're going to get married. So, uh, that person probably didn't hear the same word from God as you did. So that can be destructive. Exactly. Very, very destructive. And, um, that's spiritual manipulation whenever, um, and a big thing that you watch for is in people that are, over spiritual and they're like everything they do was a word from god like you go to the bathroom it's because god told you you take sh- you you the shirt you wore is because god told you it's like mm-hmm. it's like you know relax like 
that's you know because then what you aren't allowing for is for people to be like hey man you're wrong and yeah. we know true prophetic words are actually tested by prophets there's scripture in corinthians um that it speaks on um you know the uh okay say just like the the way that it's supposed ba- to go basically um i just had the word uh not not entitlement that's not the word um accountability maybe yes yeah, so you're supposed to hold all of your prophetic words accountable um, with, you know, and it's supposed to be tested by other First, prophetic and, people. And to, to the word of God, like the example of, you know, Mormonism, Joseph Smith got a prophetic. He had a experiential encounter with God, the father in the body, Jesus in the body, which that should be tested to the word of God, which we know God, the father has no body. So therefore what that experiential thing that Joseph Smith that founded the Mormon Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was based off of was not biblical because Absolutely. we tested to the word and then on top of that we tested to you know you're accountable to Amen. members of the church. Amen. And I think that actually that's a big thing for, you know, the Baptist denominations that there's been these experiences, you know, that are uh, happened with, you know, Muhammad with Joseph Smith and they're like, so now they're just so afraid of experiencing God. Those people are liars. Because oh, all of a sudden now it's super easy to mess it up because right. so many people have. So we're just going to turn it all. Right. And so we're like, but though, you know, those people are liars, right? We know that we know the truth. We know the God that we serve, right? So we te- we get to test everything and the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's the great part. So if a prophetic word comes out like, Whenever the prophetic word that Trump was going to be president came out, and you know I'm not here to to um, condemn anyone because I had I had friends I got people I knew that really felt like this was from God. My my spirit said no, like this isn't. I, not saying that no um, Trump wasn't going to be president, but saying this isn't from God, yeah. and this isn't from me. And my spirit did not line up with that. Um, and that's what we're supposed to do. We all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So prophetic words are supposed to be tested through the spirit of everyone else and then the word of God, right? Um, and there's a story of uh, one of the leaders um, that's at that's at LCU that um, they had someone come up and give a word of knowledge to them. And they said, um, and it was for their daughter, their eight or nine year old daughter and we know that um anytime you're going to address someone about god um with their kid you always address the parents first right um well the lady comes and she gives it to a few people they test the word they see that's true then then they gave it to the daughter the same way should be for the body of christ that whenever you have a prophetic word that you should test it with other people run it through a bunch of people see if they're getting the same thing and then you expose it to the body mm. in that way you know what's funny to me as i learn more and as i just am exposed more and more really i think the biggest thing that i myself have had to get over in the baptist denomination is the language because a lot of times we're saying the same thing but you use language that i don't use like yeah. we're, we're testing this with other people's spirits right that wording is the same thing that baptist people do they just probably don't word it that way yeah they don't use that terminology um but literally like the more and more we have conversations and 
it's just different vocabulary that sometimes True. gives gives bad vibes sometimes True. to more conservative people but absolutely sorry to cut us off we got 47 seconds left that was another episode of the kingdom vision podcast today we talked about you know prophecy speaking in tongues we want to get to worship so yeah. next week we're going to talk about worship we're going to talk about uh kind of some bra- some experiences brayden's had at some charismatic churches and some you know some stereotypes that now are kind of disproven in for at least myself that i thought and some things that he didn't quite expect so we'll be talking about that next week and some worship some stereotypes that um have plagued baptist churches and charismatic churches so see y'all next week like subscribe comment review um that really helps us out and thank y'all for watching